What do you love about it? Because I do see you come home sometimes after a day of therapy, sometimes exhausted, but sometimes really exhilarated. Welcome to With You Podcast. I'm David. And I'm Tara. I'm a marriage and family therapist and professor. And I'm a birth doula and educator. And we're married to each other. We've raised four kids. And we're in professions, as you see, that deal with coming alongside people. Right. So in this podcast, we're going to share what we've learned about relationships and life transitions. We'll do that by sharing our own experiences, by interviewing people who have a great story to tell. Mm-hmm. And we've got some expert interviews to, to give us some even better information. It's going to be so good. Let's get started. Please join us. Hey, everybody. So this time it's my turn to interview David. I am very frightened. (laughs) No need to be frightened. Okay. So we got to talk about what I do for a living in the doula world as a birth support person and I thought it would be interesting to talk to David about what he does in his day job. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm excited to talk about it. Which which day job? I know. I was thinking when I said that, maybe we should delineate which which job are we talking about. <laughs> you do a lot of things, but I get to I'm, I get to do a lot of things. Yeah, really, they're all connected around being a marriage and family therapist. They are, and that's the one I'm talking about all because right. we spent a lot of our early years of marriage getting you equipped for this job. Yeah, we did. We lived in five <laughs> say, states, right? first 10 years of marriage. I, I think of I earned an honorary degree from editing your papers. Oh, yeah. The only reason I'm here is because Tara <laughs> helped edit my papers. Well, that's not true, but but I, I was a good support person. Yeah. And it was, it was great because we then had a common language and we could kind of talk about relationships in shorthand sometimes. So it was really helpful for yeah. our for our marriage. So just to start and define what we're talking about as your main day job, you are, what would you call your title? My title is a licensed marriage and family therapist, and it's different than the other counseling psychology disciplines. Can I take a minute With, to highlight well, that? Well, yes, but your degree, you have a master's oh, degree and a PhD. Yeah, so and... I have a master's a master's of science degree in marriage and family therapy and a PhD in child and family development uh, with a kind of subspecialty in medical family therapy and working with adolescents. Yeah. So that's uh, that's kind of my professional identity. And then the other piece in terms of research and thinking is about integrating Christian faith with my profession. Right. Yeah. So that's a lot that we we spent our first years of marriage getting your your degrees living in five states, as you said, five your master's degree, your Ph.D. and some time in between. Yeah. And and doing some clinical work in Indiana. Yeah, which strange is months. a long story. Yeah, well, we might tell that sometime. <laughs> but in the the process of the degree, you think, oh man, marriage and family therapy would be just easy for us on relationship. It was hard in that educational experience to be learning about yeah. marriage and doing grad it school was hard. Yeah, present. but. So what got you there? Because you, when you were a 19-year-old when I met you, you, didn't, you weren't dreaming of becoming a therapist. <laughs> no, no. When I was, uh, we, we met when we were 19 and I was- uh, Were pre- we? Or maybe we were a little older, but something like that. We were in college. 
Yeah, I can't do the math. Okay. That's partly why I got out of the trajectory <laughs> the, I was on. Right. We're both in the humanities. I was at uh, the college we went to, Wheaton College. I was pre-med like probably 80% of all the incoming freshmen. And so did a lot of science-y classes and went to the Middle East to help learn about medicine and work in the lab and deliver babies. And so that was kind of fun. And that's when we met was when I was traveling over there. Spent time there, realized I didn't really like um, medicine. Yeah. Dealing with people's <laughs> bodies. And, uh, that and was not And you didn't for love me. the, the science classes and I for pre-med. I couldn't do the math. <laughs> and so all of that kind of was like, maybe this isn't a life career for you. <laughs> and so, uh, the nursing staff, I was in, uh, United Arab Emirates and the nursing staff gave me two suggestions because, um, I was very social. I know that's a surprise. You're right. What? And I talk a lot. <laughs> and they're like, you should, the first thing they said is you should be a pastor. And I'm like, oh, that's not a good idea. I know me. <laughs> so I was like, well, what's the second idea? And they said a psychologist. And I was like, huh, all right. And so I came back and I was a junior in college. I went into psychology and uh, hated it. Uh, I was not a good student. I didn't like school. I, I don't know how much I should be confessing given that I work <laughs> right? at the place. Yeah. But uh graduated from college with a BA in psychology. And what do you what do you do with a BA in psychology? Yeah, well you worked as a psych tech at a hospital for a while. I that, did a yeah. locked unit. I learned, you know, I got to help do therapy and counseling and all these type of things. And it was it was there that I learned about systems there, family relationships and how they contribute, contain, create problems. And uh, it was working with a teenage boy and we'll call him Bob. Uh, not a what about <laughs> not Bob. Not what about Bob. No, not what about Bob. I know you hate that movie. I do. It's just not <laughs> great. It's a scary movie. Yeah. Especially for a family. <laughs> yeah. um, so Bob, Bob was this teenager that was feeling suicidal and got to work with him, used everything I learned from college and he got better and he left. And then about six months later, Bob came back barely alive. He almost succeeded in killing himself. Um, and my first response was, what the heck is wrong with you? Not really good clinical skills or good ways of joining. And he was just like, David, you don't understand what we do in here works. But then when I go back into a, my family in a different place, that stuff doesn't work anymore. And that got me thinking and investigating. And I, I learned that family therapy was a way of thinking about problems and solutions and healing uh, relationally versus just individual what's going on in your head, heart, and mind. Just fixing individual problems. Yeah. And so that was that was the journey of finding. And then once I did, I really got excited about school. Yeah, you did. The lights came on. Yeah, it was it was strange. I'm because lucky I got to see that because you once you got to your master's program, you loved school. Yeah. Weird, right? Yeah. Super weird. Because in college, <laughs> what did I tell you? Hey, you told let's, me to let's skip. <laughs> yeah. Let's skip class and go get some ice cream. Uh, and, and then I just couldn't get enough. I can't get enough reading. I just, yeah. I love it. Yeah. So. so tell us now the difference between marriage and family therapy, because I think people misunderstand what I do, but they, they really misunderstand the difference between 
your discipline and the rest of yeah. the disciplines in, in the field of psychology. Yeah. Uh, mental health professionals. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, our kids still, they call me a psychologist and I can't let them do that because it's a ethics violation. That's not my identity. Uh, but that's kind of the shorthand in society. Under that everybody, umbrella. Everybody's a psychologist. Uh, so there's kind of four mental health disciplines within the helping professions social work, marriage and family therapy, counselors, and psychologists. Uh, social workers deal with the big picture items. They deal with kind of resources, supports in the community that you can help individuals and families have resources to address whatever they're struggling with. And that tends to be social work. Big global assumptions here, but we're going to try to <laughs> make it so we can see the difference. Uh, marriage and family therapists are going to be smaller groups, but we think about health, we think about pathology, we think about growth relationally between people. And the idea between uh, that and a counselor, a counselor is going to be looking at resources, kind of resilience within the individual and doing group work, but they're going to look at thought, feeling, behavior of the individual and how it makes sense in the context, but they're still going to be focusing on the individual and doing kind of deep work with individuals. And psychologists are trained specifically in addition to that individual work to do assessment. So if you have a child and they need testing for accommodations at school or checking out for ADHD or cognitive functioning, that's going to be a psychologist that does that. So for marriage and family therapists, we think about problems being uh, symptoms that still reside in the individual. So like a, a child's misbehavior or someone's anxiety uh, it serves a function to the family group or the community that they're in. So the problem still is kind of within the individual, but the reason or what supported it, it, it works in the family mm -hmm. on some level. I can, yeah. I can, People I, don't like to hear that. I, I know. <laughs> and it, it's kind of both and. Uh, so one, one example would be if you and I were having a fight or having tension at the dinner table and one of our kids spills something, we both focus on that. And all of a sudden, the tension between us in that moment decreases. We can focus on the spilt milk, uh, for a lack of a better analogy. And then over time, there's a realization in the system, not necessarily people choosing to do this, but it's just like, oh, things are better in the family when Billy is misbehaving. And it becomes a pattern that has a secondary gain for ease in the family. And, and then the family brings in Billy because he's a problem and he wants the psychologist or counselor to fix them. But then it doesn't work because this, once they do, then the family starts having tension in different areas. And then it's just easier it's for like Billy. It's like a whack-a-mole. It is like a whack-a-mole. The <laughs> symptoms jump around. And so that's, that's a long yeah. answer to your question. Yeah. Yeah. But that's helpful to know that there are different there's different training, there's different applications, and yeah, it's a different way of looking at the problem you're yeah. trying to solve. And a lot of people think it's only couples, like we only do marriage or we only do family work, and it's really a way of thinking about change. And so anyone being depressed, anxious, living with depression, living with anxiety, having challenges, uh, we we can still work with them. We're just working from a frame of relationship. It's looking at a bigger context yeah. around the person. Yeah. So you found what you love to do and then got trained with your master's degree and we um, we moved on with your PhD. And Well, we worked for we, a little while. Yeah, we, we had some interludes, but you really started working as a therapist after we moved to to the Chicagoland area. Yeah, so I we were in school in Georgia and then I came up to Chicagoland area and worked at 
a hospital training medical resident. So I still had a little bit of that medicine kind of connection and desire and worked as a clinician and around health issues and people's relationship with health and flourishing and medical compliance and all of that. What do you love about it? Because I do see you come home sometimes after a day of therapy, sometimes exhausted, but sometimes really exhilarated. What are those good, those good moments? I think the good moments is when it kind of clicks. So I would go back to like me in school and undergrad versus in my master's program of there's this, all of a sudden it kind of clicks in of, oh, we've had some successes as a family or we've done something different and the symptoms are starting to ease and there's like, oh, we get this and there's buy-in and there's a new trajectory that starts. I love that. The the challenge is a lot of times at the beginning stages, families come in and say, Hey, I want you to fix this. And my response is, I don't know if that will go away, but we will do relationships differently. And they buy it. They <laughs> come back. And and that's the exciting part for me. When we can do relationships different, when we can be with each other, open, honest, even when it hurts, even mm-hmm. in the in the pain. We can love enough to kind of stay in the pain together. Those moments, it's it's exhausting. I'm not going to lie. I come home and I just need to be left alone for a little while um, because yeah, I have I to find that, that energy it's to intense. be in relationship well myself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that just leads into one of the reasons why we named our company with you, because in both of our professions and both of the ways we think about relationships and being with other people is that we can't promise that we can take the pain away yeah. in birth or in, you know, relational conflict or whatever. We can't fix, so to say, the problem. Mm-hmm. The thing we can promise is that you don't have to be alone in it. Right. And we be, can be with you. Be with you, be in it and walk through it together. And it's, there's something remarkable about that. I think he, uh, when we talk about doula work of being with in the birth process, that pain is is there and it's going to be there, but there's a there's a sharing and there's just a, a de-escalation. All of a sudden I can breathe different. I can be present. It, nothing has changed other than someone's with me in it. And, and they're witnessing it with me yeah. and they're not leaving my side. And acknowledging it of mm-hmm. someone just saying, oh, I can, I see that hurts and let's, let's breathe. Let's talk about it. All of a sudden it's not as overwhelming or isolating. I think, I think for both of us, the biggest problem or the biggest challenge is isolation of that sense of alone. And when we're alone, uh, we respond in really, really painful ways and we'll do whatever we can to have a different feeling. Uh, now it doesn't mean being alone doesn't mean being independent or spending time by yourself, but it's that kind of existential sense of alone of no one gets me. Mm-hmm. No one understands her. I'm the only one having a baby come out my vagina right now. And, uh, it's, Thanks it's for horrible. That. That's all, that's all I can focus on. Right. And when someone else is there, it, the focus shifts, it doesn't make things go away, but the focus shifts that it leads to more ability to tolerate and to share. And, Hormonal shifts and neurological shifts, right? Yeah. Oxytocin. I mean, science does show that even just holding somebody's hand reduces their pain. Yeah. 
I gave a talk at chapel and one of my friends, uh, I pulled him up on stage and talked about oxytocin release that <laughs> happens from physical contact, for like 20 minute or 20 second, 20, 20 minute, minute, hug. 20 second <laughs> hug. And I gave him a hug and, and then the rest of the grad students started counting and he's like, 20 seconds is a long time. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, yeah, but don't we feel connected? <laughs> uh, and, but it's there, our bodies are really important. We have to attend to them. They're they're important in our relationships. They're important in the work that you do that I do of whether it's uh, getting on the level of a child to look him or her in the eye and talk to her rather than standing up. So I'm, I'm always fascinated when we yell at our kids, not that we, do, of course, we never yelled at our children, but hypothetically, let's say I yelled at our ch- children, they usually get the, my intense emotion good eye contact, physical contact. And I'm usually on their level of pay attention to me. Look at me, look at me in the eyes, all the positive communication rewards in a way, right? Yeah, all the positive <laughs> yeah. communication skills are there in the negative interaction sequence. And then when they do a good job, it's like, uh, okay, I'm just putting up my thumb and I'm not even looking at them. Good job, buddy. And we move on. And so all the positive social interactions and being together comes out in the negative interaction rather than the positive. And so can we start thinking about that? And that can be uh, a shift. Connecting in positive ways. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I think the the common bond between what both of us do is that we're wired for connection, that we believe mm-hmm. he, all humans are wired for connection yes. and we want to enhance that being a healthy way to to be in the world and to deal with the hard things because it's all made better when we do it together. Yeah. So anything else you want to say about the MFT profession? Because besides doing therapy with families, you also now and have been for the last more than 10 years um, been teaching marriage and family therapy. That's right. I get to, I get to train uh, and train students well to, to come alongside and be with uh, individuals, couples, and families in the midst of pain and, and struggle. Um, yeah, marriage and, marriage and family therapy, same as kind of looking for any medical professional or doula, or you want to find a good fit. So as I, as I think about talking with people, when I make referrals, I want them to be competent, the people that I send people to. And I want those people to kind of interview the first session for, for families and for couples and individuals should be kind of an interview. I mean, not a hardcore. So tell me about this and this, but when I sit with you, do I feel safe? Do I feel comfortable? Do I feel like you get me, uh, that you're present with me? Those things really matter. And it matters a ton in terms of successful outcome. And so when you're looking for a marriage and family therapist, you want to find that sense of safety and comfort. With so the them. credentials first, but the fit is really important. And who's a good fit for for your neighbor isn't necessarily a good fit for you. No, and uh, and yeah, and right now it's a challenge to find clinicians, whether it's psychologists, counselors, or family therapists. Um, everybody's really, at least here in the states, there's long waiting lists, and so uh, being able to find a referral from somebody that can kind of put a word in for you is really helpful because we usually only reach out when we're in crisis. And if you're not able to get in for three months, it's really, really painful. And a lot of times people just shut down then. Mm -hmm. And so looking for the credentials, looking for the goodness of fit and being willing to take risks. I think uh, the, the times that things have gone really, really well in therapy of the families ready to try something new and take some risks to look at not we're doing it wrong in a shame base, but like we're stuck and uh, here's an opportunity to get unstuck and we can try something new. 
Yeah. And people can people call your clinic? Yeah. So uh, at the college, uh, if you're in the Chicagoland area, um, we've opened up a training clinic, which sometimes people don't get really excited about working with young clinicians. Uh, this is actually the best place. Don't tell anybody, but this is actually the best place to get therapy because you have a treatment team of seasoned clinicians working with the young clinicians. It's kind of like a medical training hospital where all the best innovations close supervision. Um, you're not having people as your therapist stuck in the old ways. Uh, it's going to be new and they're going to be very attentive and trying. So just the specifically, they, people at your clinic will be um, in therapy with one of your MFT students, but under the supervision of you or one of the other professors. Yeah, the prof there's always a professor there providing supervision, um, working on a team. We do a lot of uh, a lot of high touch uh, as a team and as the seasoned clinician. So it's the Center for Family and Relational Health, a marriage and family therapy clinic. Yeah, that and we'll link that in yeah. the in the show notes on the page if you want to check it out. There's no uh, findtherapist.net for you. Right? Yeah, there is. There? There's a therapy. <laughs> locator dot net dot com. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll find put out. it in the show notes, <laughs> uh, but it uh, it links up and you put in your zip code and it go. gives you the clinicians, the it's licensed marriage and family therapists in in that area. So it is, and uh, everyone that's on there has the highest professional credential as clinical fellow within our guild. It's a limited listing of clinicians that are all seasoned. Great. That's a great place to start. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. It's fun to hear you talk about what you do because your your eyes light up as well. <laughs> it's fun and it's it's fun to practice. So thank you for all the years of practice that you our our relationship. Yeah, has made our family me, uh, is your lab and yeah, that's okay. <laughs> it's great. That's the problem of having a therapist and a uh, a researcher as a, as a dad and husband. So yeah, this has been fun. Thanks for the interview. Yeah, thank you. All right. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. We invite you to visit our show notes page and website for more resources and information. If you like what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast and share with your friends. That would be a huge favor to us. Thanks. Bye-bye.